five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. Shake that load off, shake that load off, shake that load off, shake that load off, shake that load off. 
CHBC News Report with Rob Calloway. Connecting the SWAC, the MEAC, SIAC, and the CIAA, the HBCU experience lives here. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. Saturday morning, it only mean one thing, ladies and gentlemen, we back. Thank you guys for getting up early, 9 on the east, 6 on the west, to check out the HBCU Report. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't forget when we're not here, we're there. There is sportsnewsandbrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. And speaking on the latest on your favorite craft beer, shouts out to our girl Jennifer Price, Florida AM graduate. So this is definitely HBCU related. Once upon a time ago, it was just a dream. The Atlanta beer boutique that was. It was her dream, and now it's coming to fruition. And so um, in the coming weeks, we're going to be letting you know about the Atlanta Beer Boutique so you can uh, check it out if you're in Metro Atlanta or if uh, you're headed to Atlanta for the Celebration Bowl. or I don't know if she's going to be open in time for the Celebration Bowl, but we'll find out. And like I said, we'll definitely uh, keep you up to date um, on the Atlanta Beer Boutique. Definitely HBCU-related. Black Girl Magic. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Speaking of Celebration Bowl, don't forget – December 21st, here's the date. Swack versus Miak at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. All right. Uh, thank you guys for, you know, tuning into the show. Many ways that you can do that. Uh, for those of you that uh, tune in each and every uh, Saturday morning to hear the live version of the show, thank you guys. But here's the deal. You got to spread the word. You got to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend that the HBCU Report is here each and every Saturday morning. At 9 o'clock on the east, 6 on the west, uh, via xsquadaffiliates.com, the TuneIn radio app, uh, iHeartRadio, Google Play for Android, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or it's like 10 other platforms where you can check out the HBCU report. Also, um, you can check the show out on demand. If you miss uh, any episodes or any of the interviews, you can always go back on any of those platforms that I just mentioned and relive any and every moment of uh, previous episodes, including last week's uh, episode that uh, featured uh, Reginald Ruffin, the head football coach of the Miles College Golden Bears, my guy, uh, looking to make it back-to-back last week when he joined us as they were uh, heading into the SIAC football championship. They defeated Albany State by the score of 21-6. to You know, that Miles College defense stood up, so the Golden Bears finished the regular season with the championship, 9-2 overall. I headed into the playoffs today. 12 o'clock kickoff from Hickory, North Carolina. They are taking on second seed Lenore Ryan, who come into this game undefeated. And so big shots out again to Reginald Ruffin and the guys from Miles College. On the other side, uh, the CIAA football championship was last weekend. Bowie State looking to make it back-to-back. I did so as well. 23-7 over Fayetteville State. The Phenom quarterback, Jerome Johnson. Uh, completed just 9 of 21 passes for 90 yards, but rushed 13 times for a game-high 127 yards. In the uh, Bowie State Bulldogs win over Fayetteville State, uh, Joshua Pryor, the defensive lineman for Bowie State, was named the game's MVP after recording 10 tackles, four and a half of those for a negative 26 yards, including three sacks. So they are headed to the playoffs today. Uh, first round uh, gets underway at 1 o'clock against 6th seed, 
Carson Newman, who comes into this game with an eight and two record. Now, here's the beautiful part, ladies and gentlemen, is that we could get a unofficial Division two national championship game next weekend if Bowie State <clears throat> and Miles pull off this pull off the victories. Yeah, they face each other next weekend. And so whoever say if both of them win, right? Whoever wins that game technically goes on to, to prove their division two dominance, right? They knock off the other conference, which could only mean one thing. They're the division two HBCU national champs, right? I don't know. I don't know. But if you know me, you know that, you know, my whole life. No, I'm, I'm lying. I'm lying. But at least the eight years that, that we've been doing this show, I've been praying and pleading and praying and pleading to anybody that will listen. The, the, the board of governors, the, the commissioners, the presidents, the athletic directors, anybody to please Get me a, a system where we can crown a definitive HBCU national champion. Now, I know that people don't like to intermingle the, the Division II HBCUs with the, with the FCS HBCUs. And, and I know that when the NCAA goes in and looks at these CIAA and SIAC schools to see who should make it into the, um, the tournament, they look at these football teams. And they actually, uh, as Coach Reffin was telling us last weekend, they actually – put a, a, a negative mark against a team if they played up and played one of these FCS HBCU schools, regardless if they won or lost, which is, which is, which is really crazy if you think about it. So they really don't want the, the two to be intermingled, and I get it. Swack Miak have far more scholarship players than the Division II schools. Okay, but at the same time, it's still football. And we see every year that the SIAC school upsets one of these FCS schools. And we see that a CIAA school always upsets one of these uh, FCS schools. So why not? We just got to come up with a way. You know, and, and the only reason that I'm really bringing this up is because Florida A&M, they defeated Howard last weekend, 39-7. And so this weekend, they take on Bethune-Cookman in the Florida Classic. Now, here's what Florida A&M Here's what they're going to do if they defeat Bethune-Cookman. They are going to try and claim a part or all of the HBCU National Championship, the de facto HBCU National Championship, the, the paper champion, if you will, because they finished the they would have finished the regular season in the MEAC undefeated. Screw the fact that Bowie State is undefeated, the lone undefeated HBCU team. Screw that. FAMU wants to try to claim a part of the championship, if not the whole championship. But here's the thing. You're on probation. You're under sanctions. Why would you even, why would you even do it? Okay, y'all had a great season. There's something to build on next year, right? Just something to build on. I mean, because Bowie State would have just as, just as much right to lay claim to that imaginary HBCU national championship. Because as we've been told, and this is the HBCU report, Rob Calloway, Hi, here with you Saturday mornings. Thank you guys for tuning in to the show, however you may be listening. Don't forget, when we're not here, we're there. There is sportsnewsandbrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. Yeah, so we've already been told by the powers that be, you know, uh, John Grant, ESPN, everybody, that 
this is not the HBCU National Championship game. This is the Celebration Bowl. So really, you're just winning the Celebration Bowl. You know, a champion will be crowned is the slogan, but are we really crowning the HBCU National Champion? And the answer would be no. The answer would be absolutely not. That's not what happens. When you win that game, a lot of us just go ahead and say, oh, yeah, they are the, the HBCU national champs because they, they won the Celebration Bowl. But the God honest truth is, in real life, you're not. And so I just, I don't know. I got I to gotta have some, some stuff that's for real. We, we got to have a real champion at some point, you know. We can't let this just keep happening. You know, Celebration Bowl. Yeah, but does the CIAA and the SIAC, do they get true representation when you when you talk about the HBCU national champion? And is this 1937 or 1967 or 1977 or even 87? Jesus Christ, it's 2019. You know, we need a definitive champion. If they have a definitive champion on every level, why can't we? All right, get off this soapbox. But anyway, talking about the MEAC. Morgan State defeated uh, Virginia Lynchburg 59-26. Uh, Norfolk State, 33-17 winners over Delaware State. Now, here's where things get really, really sticky and really, really iffy and really, really tricky and really, really everything. In the MEAC, North Carolina a and and South Carolina State. All right. Now, we know a few weeks ago, North Carolina a and went, went into Orangeburg, came away with the two-point victory over South Carolina State. Okay, which gave them the head-to-head victory. Last weekend, North Carolina A&T and Bethune-Cookman hooked up. A&T defeated Bethune 47-17, and South Carolina State defeated North Carolina Central 24-0. And so both of these teams are right there at the top of the conference. Now, there are several scenarios for Celebration Bowl implications, right? It's really only two. If North Carolina A&T wins today and South Carolina State loses, uh, A&T wins the MEAC championship outright and they're headed to the Celebration Bowl. If South Carolina State wins and A&T loses, State wins the uh, MEAC outright and they're headed to Atlanta. Now, under any other scenario, if A&T wins and State loses, State, well, if A&T wins and State wins, they're the, the uh, co-champions of the conference, but because of the head-to-head victory by A&T, they're headed to Atlanta. If A&T loses, Bethune wins, South Carolina State loses, and Norfolk wins, then all four teams are declared co-champions with A&T because they, they own the head-to-head against all of these teams headed to Atlanta. If A&T loses, South Carolina State loses, and Norfolk wins, then A&T State and Norfolk would be declared co-champions. And again, Ante, because of the head-to-head victories, are headed to Atlanta. So basically, they, barring a loss by Ante and a win by State today, Ante basically has already punched their ticket. Pretty much. Pretty much. Unbelievable. All right, so coming up, usually we, we do the swag bias in the next segment. But because our we have a guest coming up and we're just going to just go at length with our guest. Um, and he he has a swag bias of his own. So there's no need for us to do swag bias this week. OK, so just quickly going through uh, last week's scores. Alcorn State 
They clinched the uh, the SWAC East with their 34-28 win over Alabama A&M. And so uh, they'll be taking on the winner of Southern and Grambling in the Bayou Classic because the Bayou Classic is technically the championship for the, the Western Division of, uh, of the SWAC. And so you have that part. No other game on the schedule even mattered. Bama State went to Florida State, got defeated 49-12. And uh, Grambling State defeated uh, Mississippi Valley 40 to nothing to run their uh, win streak to six games. After starting the season like 0-4, 0-3, 0-4. Man, they've turned this thing around. Unbelievably. Shouts out to Coach Broderick Fobbs. Coming up on the other side, man, we're going to talk to a good friend of the show. I, I have branded him the Dean of HBCU Sports. Dr. Kenyatta Cavill joins us coming up on the other side for an interview that I promise you, you don't want to miss. This dude, I don't call him the Dean for no reason. This is going to be great. I promise. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in to the HBCU Report. We're here till 10. The HBCU Experience lives here. The HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. We'll be right back. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, He's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. Waking up every day, lifting him from the bed to the wheelchair to the car to get him to therapy on time, it's no small task between the doctors and the diagnosis, but nothing can disable this love. This is my big brother, my hero. He's part of me, like my arms and legs. So I'll be his. See, there's no time for tired. This starts again tomorrow. He'll be waiting for me. I wake up for him. I know he needs me, but I'm the lucky one. Even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Or call 877-333-5885. Caregiving Resource Center. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. HBCU sports fans who finally have a voice. The HBCU experience lives here. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. What you want me to do? I'm sorry. I'm back. Let's go get them, Josh.
Show me what you got, baby. Hands up and wave, This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you. Thank you guys for tuning in to the show. The year was 2006. Jay-Z released Kingdom Come. Now, was this the was this a CD? I know I got some folks in the, in the uh, chat room that can tell me. Was this the CD after he declared that he had retired from rap? Right? He did the, uh, what was that? The Black Album? I did the Black Album. Then I back out it. Right? He did the Black Album, which was supposed to have been the last one. Then I think the follow-up, the the I'm Out of Retirement, I think that uh, that was Kingdom Come, if I'm not mistaken. I was kind of, you know, here's my thing. If you say you retire, then just retire. That was That's always been my thing. And so when, when Jay-Z first pulled that crap, I kind of stopped listening because I was like, well, he's retired. And I put his jersey up in the rafters. Right. One of the greatest to ever do it. And then I just walked away and then he came out with Kingdom Come. And I think Kingdom Come had maybe like two or three good ones on it, like two or three. I mean, Jay-Z puts out good music, but like two or three bangers for sure. And then he started to then he put out the black. I mean, the uh, Blueprint three and, you know, and so, you know, it's Jay-Z, man. It's Jay-Z. So, you know, what can you do? What can you say? What can you do? What can you say? Also. Uh, talking about uh, 13 years ago with this uh, Kingdom Come album, man, Sunday, last Sunday, made 30 years to the date that Eddie Murphy's Harlem Nights was released at box offices. Man, can you believe that? For those of you that are old enough to remember, November 17th, 1989 was the date. Man, that was one of the that was one of Eddie Murphy's better movies right there. You know, it was star studded when you talk about Della Reese and. Red Fox and Eddie and, and Richard Pryor and Robin Harris and uh, Charlie Murphy before he became, you know, the popular Charlie Murphy. And, you know, it was a star study. Dan, uh, Danny Aiello was in the movie. Um, my girl that played Jenny from uh, uh, the Jeffersons. I can't ever think of her name, but Lionel's wife, cute Jenny from the Jeffersons, Tom and Helen's wife. She was in it. Jasmine Guy was in it. I mean, it was just a plethora um who else was in it? Uh, 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 Thomas McHale Ford, uh, Tommy from Martin was in it. It was just a plethora. Arsenio Hall. Yeah, it was one of his better movies. I mean, of course, Coming to America was a was a great one. You know, but when you it look, this is what it is. It, we're talking about 30 years. This is a testament to the career of Eddie Murphy. 30 years ago. Now think about it. Prior to November 17th, 1989, what did we have? We had Trading Places. We had 48 Hours, that, that whole thing. We had Beverly Hills Cop. We had uh, Delirious. We had Raw, right? The Golden Child, if I'm not mistaken, was prior to uh, Harlem Nights. We had all of these great movies leading up to this, not to mention Saturday Night Live, which uh, Eddie Murphy will be hosting December 21st, the same day as the Celebration Bowl. Here's just a testament, just a testament to, man, how great this dude has been. And now he's back with the uh, Dolomites, the name. Yeah, you got to put your weight on it. Yeah, with the Dolomites, the name. He has the Netflix stand-ups coming out, and he has Coming to America 2 on the way. Yeah, Jesus Christ, man. Eddie Murphy Eddie Murphy's been relevant my entire life. I'm 41. He's been relevant my entire life. Unfreaking believable. Don't forget... 
When we're not here, we're there. There is sportsnewsandbrews.com, your official source for sports, black news, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. Also, uh, don't forget, you can relive any episode of the HBCU Report uh, if you've missed it by simply going uh, to xsquadaffiliates.com, the TuneIn Radio app, iHeartRadio, Google Play for Android, Stitcher, iTunes, or Spotify, or our content partner, sportsnewsandbrews.com, uh, usually Saturday afternoon. The uh, the show is there for your consumption. So make sure that you tell a friend and tell a friend and tell a friend that we're here uh, each and every week doing our thing uh, for you, 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 and yes, you. Now, switching gears, uh, as I was saying before we went to break, uh, we are uh, being joined on the line by a great friend of the show. I, I branded him the dean of HBCU sports. Man, this dude knows more uh, about HBCU sports than anybody that I have ever met. And, I, you know, and the God honest truth is at 41 I always feel like I'm an aficionado until I get around this dude. So right now we are being joined on the line by Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. First of all, Doc, welcome back to the show. Man, it's always good to be, be good to be on with you, Rob. Uh, first, let me let everybody know, you know, the name, name, nickname, you gave me that. Yeah, I did. Absolutely. And it's sticking. And it's sticking. I actually was uh, watching you on uh, Instagram, on Instagram TV and I see, I see you find a way to slide that drop in there, you know, in your intro. I was like, oh, I said, okay, all right, the dean, the dean got me, got me, get some prime time. All right, all right. Yes, sir. <laughs> much love, much love. I appreciate that. Oh yeah, man, it's all good, brother. So you know, we, we got together right there at the beginning of the season, me X Wack challenge, and so here we are, uh, right here at the at. At the end of the season, man, you know, we're just a few weeks away from the Celebration Bowl. Uh, December 21st is the date of the Celebration Bowl. Mercedes-Benz Stadium, MEAC champion taking on the SWAC champion. Uh, so let's go ahead and start in the SWAC, you know, because we both are SWAC guys. I always tell people that this show has a SWAC bias. So let's go ahead and start in the SWAC. Um, what are your thoughts on on the job that Fred McNair has been able to do at all courts since taking over uh, after – uh, Jay, what was his name? Jay Hobson. It's been tremendous. Uh, when you look at the total picture, he's been part of a collection of coaches, either as assistant coach or the head coach, where now they can say they've won six straight divisional championships. And that's been unheard of during the term that the SWAC has entered into a SWAC championship game with divisional winners to play in that championship game. So the fact that he's done that alone has been incredible. He has crossed the final hurdle last year where he won the SWAC championship game under his tutelage, and the only demon that he has left really uh, since that has taken place is the final way to get a Celebration Bowl championship. Uh, and it looks like he's putting himself in his team in real good position to do that. He has a big hurdle to get across this weekend when – they actually travel up to Jackson, Mississippi, as you know, to play Jackson State in that big rivalry game between Alcorn State Braves and the Jackson State Tigers. Okay, so just think 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 about this. Um the the year that Alcorn finally retired Steve McNair's jersey, right? Mm. Thing, man, what would it what would it mean to the Alcorn program and to like Fred McNair, like if they could get it this year? Uh, I think that's a great question. When you talk about, you know, capitalizing on the fact that you've done it six years straight and then you have 
a chance to really get to the pinnacle. And it's during the year that you officially retired Steve McNair's jersey um, with his brother, the first Air McNair, if you would. Right. The head coach. And the fact that he checks off that fullet uh, um, checkpoint, if you would, to win that bowl game. Obviously, the next thing is to win the HBCU championship. And he would put his team in the argument. Obviously, the Rattler fans out there, FAMU, uh, although they cannot go. We got them muted. We got FAMU fans muted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and they are very uh, nervous to do that. Obviously, they got a little bit of work to do in their own rivalry against Bethune-Cookman to see if they can uh, unhook those last eight years of the Bethune-Cookman Wildcats having their number. Uh, in a lot of ways. But to get back to the Braves, uh, it would be really icing on that cake in a lot of ways to get it done. And I think that's an important framing of how you ask that question. You know, what are the Braves are? But let's get this straight. The Braves got to get it done on the field. I mean, the records, as you talked about, Jackson State, are flipped essentially with Alcorn State coming in in the game 7-3 overall, 5-1 and one in terms of conference play. And Jackson State with that overall record of four. Seven, they are three and three in a swag race. But Jackson State, as ugly as their season has been played, uh, four or five games this year have been less than six points. They've had the lead in about five of those games at halftime. So this is a team that just can't quite put it together. There's some talent there. So if you're the Braves, you you know you're gonna play hard, but you're gonna have to be a little nervous in terms of the fact that you're gonna have to get this done on the field. And the problem is. I would essentially say you have essentially $1.2 to $1.7 million on the line uh, to win this game because you get to host the game, which means you're bringing in five to six, seven hundred thousand K to your home campus if you get to host the game. Well, if you lose it, the game is either going to Grambling State with them having to deal with Southern Jaguars in the Bayou Classic. Uh, with the fact that you lost the head-to-head to Grambling or is going to Southern if they win the Grambling game and you lose because they would have a 6-1 and one record and you would have a 5-2 and two record. So they have to win this game for multiple reasons. They want to beat up on their rival, but they want to host their SWAT championship game at home, which means it's obviously home cooking is in favor is big when you had that home crowd in terms of getting a victory in the SWAC championship game so you can go get at least the minimum bottom line is getting a check for six seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars from the SWAC championship game where it can get up to a million dollars based on your home attendance. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is the HBCU report. Rob Calloway on the line with Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the dean of HBCU sports. You know, just just running the gamut on, on all things uh, HBCU football. Now you mentioned you mentioned Grambling and Southern and the Bayou Classic. Grambling. Let's talk about them really quick, man. Winners of six in a row. They started off. I mean, they started this thing off terribly. But winners <laughs> winners of six in a row. Not to celebrate. Not, not the celebration bowl, but the Bayou Classic. It is really for it's for the Western Division. Absolutely, great point. Uh, they after winning those games, so they started out zero and four, and you're like, man, bye bye, Grambling. <laughs> bye. Take off that dirt. Not so fast. We got a little more we want to get at. And they did it in such a way that they're literally in the mix for a bid to the SWAT championship game. They beat Southern. They're in. Uh, 
Southern comes in at five and one. They come in at four and two in the conference race. So the it goes back to like it had seemed over the last four or five years to the Bayou Classic. Grambling State is playing really well, especially on the defensive side, uh, which Southern started out the season. It looked like they were the defensive juggernaut. Of the last two couple of games, when you look at Southern, particularly playing teams that have more offense, you've seen uh, that they were taken to the wire against Alabama A&M a couple of weeks ago, uh, homecoming or just after homecoming where they got it done. Uh, and then, obviously, last weekend, uh, where they played Jackson State, a big robbery game that they got done. But they've been giving up quite a bit on the defensive side. So that Bayou Classic becomes very interesting in a couple of weeks. Uh, you talking about the Saturday after Thanksgiving when everybody's pulling turkey and turning on the television set to see what's going to go on the Bayou Classic. Now it becomes really interesting because it's for all intents and purposes for a seed in the slight temperature game, uh, earning the bid from the Western Division. Absolutely. So uh, hold on for me real quick, Doc. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the MEAC. And uh, also, I uh, have a couple other things that I want to run by you before uh, before I let you go. So uh, just sit tight for me real quick. This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you Saturday morning. Thank you guys for tuning into the show. We'll be right back uh, with more uh, with Dr. Kenyatta Cavill right after these words. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you going to do? You're going to go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. You got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. I know you won't because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Follow the HBCU Report on Twitter. Become a fan on Facebook at HBCU Report. This is the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. Of the sea, back to the black Snoop Doggy Dog, funky at the 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 dot. Went solo on that ass, but it's still the same. Long Beach is the spot where I serve my cane. Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me, but don't lose your grip. Nine tris ain't the year for me to fuck up shit. So I ain't holding nothing back, and motherfucker, I got five on the twenty sack. It's like that, and as a matter of fact, cause I never hesitate to put a nigga on his back. Yeah, so keep out the manuscript. You see that it's a must we drop gangsta What's the motherfucking name? This is the HBCU Report. Rob Calloway hanging out with you. It was on this date, this exact date, November 23rd, 1993, that Death Row Records released Snoop Doggy Dogg's freshman album, Doggy Style. And rap has never been the same. And neither has the weed game and... All that great stuff. <laughs> and all of that great stuff. 
Oh, yeah. Big shouts out to Big Snoop Dogg, the most recognizable rapper, in my opinion, in, in the history of rap. Uh, but right now, we are um, on the line right now with Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, just running the gamut on uh, all things HBCU football right right now. And so, uh, Doc, all right, Doc, so now it's time to talk about the MEAC. You know, I already said it. We got FAMU on. We got FAMU fans on mute because there's nothing that they can do at this point but just sit there and just be mad about it. You know, it sucks. <laughs> I mean, it sucks. I mean, you undefeated in the MEAC. I mean, you can talk all the junk that you want, but at the end of the day, it's only two teams that have the opportunity of going to the Celebration Bowl out of the MEAC, and that's North Carolina A&T and South Carolina State. End of story. You know, y'all can, they could win 20 more games this season. It wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't, it wouldn't mean anything. So – uh, but they've been playing some great football uh, at FAMU this season, man. You know that uh, quarterback, Ryan Stanley, man, that dude is lights out. Yeah, he's bringing it. He was 5-28, passed for 172 yards in a touchdown. In their last contest against Howard Bison, where it looks like everybody beats him up. But they did what they were supposed to do, 39-7, and they scored 39 points before they allowed the Howard Bison to get on the board, and that was ultimately the end of the game score. Uh, but uh, I have them all tens of purposes. Although they can't go to the celebration bowl, they can't earn that big money. I do have them ranked number one in my uh, weekly poll rankings uh, that we looked at. But if you talk about the MEAC and while we as SWAC uh, fans, if you want to call it that, in terms of uh, carrying the torch, I have the top three teams out of the MEAC. So that lets you know what they're doing over there. Uh, what they play? Look, because they're number four. But I have South Carolina State Bulldogs at three. Yeah. Okay. Out of A&T at two and FAMU at one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Comes down to A&T and South Carolina State this weekend. A&T, they have multiple ways that they can get in. They can win it uh, with a share of a championship in terms of beating North Carolina. And it doesn't matter what uh, South Carolina State Bulldogs do if they win against a hot Norfolk State Spartan team that I I must say that's trying to get the 500. Then you have two teams that are tied. But the head-to-head tiebreaker goes back to that classic game mm-hmm. where North Carolina A&T went into Orangeburg to get that victory over South Carolina State Bulldogs. So you may have multiple ways where you have teams tied up to four teams, really, for a conference championship. But the way they do it in the MEAC is the team that wins the tiebreakers, which in most cases go for A&T, unless somehow they lose the North Carolina Central which we don't believe will happen this weekend. <laughs> the rivalry game in South Carolina State wins, then you have it. All of a sudden, the Bulldogs end up going to the Celebration Bowl. Yeah, yeah. So I tell you, it has been one of those years. And while it seems like the same teams are the teams rising to the crop, a lot of teams have at least made it interesting all season long. Oh, yeah. You're right about that. Now, I, I talked to uh, – I had uh, Coach Buddy Pugh from South Carolina State on with me uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, I was just telling them, like, man, it would be, it would really be nice to have y'all here. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it it would be. I mean, and the reason that I like I, it, and, and I the, like it. give them something to think about. Yeah, and the reason that I say that is because it's like, you know, at one point in time, South Carolina State was one of those schools that was in rotation for the Atlanta Football Classic. So we Ooh, got bring back that history. I love it. Right. So we got to see, we got to see South Carolina State. You know, when they were, I mean, they were doing really well back then. You know, they were winning the MEAC. And so that was that was pre-celebration bowl. So um, you know, had 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 the celebration bowl been going on then, they would have been in it. You know, that's so right. that's right. Yeah, so you know, it it'll be good. And plus, 
you know, I'm kind of rooting for, for South Carolina State and rooting for North Carolina Central because I just want to break it up, man. Like, I just want some I, other – I don't blame you. I know yeah, how you are. I want some other teams. That's just who you are. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Let people know. Yeah. I just, need, I just need some different teams. I need some different flavor, man. Now, now you know, if FAMU, if FAMU had been able to get in – Man, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium will be full from top to bottom. Top it to bottom. Exploded. It would explode it. They yeah. finally get a chance to get back to Atlanta? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Now, now hold on real quick. This is the HBC. They would have been running around there talking about strike, strike, strike again. Yeah, yeah. Again, we got them on mute. This is the HBCU <laughs> Report. <laughs> Rob Calloway on the line right now with Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. Now, Doc, um, really quick, before, yes, I, before I let you go, I, I I had to run this by you. Um, we had a few people that uh, that contacted me after I posted that video that we did at the beginning of the season, where we were talking about North Carolina A and T uh, possibly leaving the MEAC. And you were saying that you had done a study, and it and your based on your study, it would have to be what three other teams that would have to make a move. And so we had a few people that wanted to know, like who are those schools, and and like what did the the research ultimately prove. Certainly. So I did a study around uh, 2009, uh, 2010, where I looked at several characteristics. And I did seven characteristics on the institutional side, which included student enrollment, Carnegie classification, athletic donors, athletic budget, revenue longitudinal football attendance, and NCAA APR over a four-year period. And that uh, APR was at for the year 2009-2010. Then I turned around and did six local market characteristics, which were corporate-based population, African-American radio market, top 200 television market, age, and household effective buying income. And based on analysis, I looked at HBCU national universities uh, based on um, Carnegie classification. And I also included one, uh, which was defined by Washington Monthly, which is Clark Atlanta, FAMU, Jackson State, North Carolina A&T, Howard, Morgan State, South Carolina State, and State. Boy, you're talking about the MEAC getting in there. <laughs> then I did what you call HBCU Master Universities, uh, which included uh, some teams that were defined by, at the time, the Washington Month, which included Alabama A&M, Alabama State, Alcorn State, Grambling State, Prairie A&M, Norfolk State, North Carolina Central, Savannah State. At the time, remember, they were still FCS mm-hmm. uh one before now they've moved back and reclassified or seeking to classify NCAA Division II and rejoining the SIEC, another story, but also Southern University, uh, just to give you some indication. i tell you that just so you understand those frameworks. But let me break it down in terms of those all those indications that came up to the top of the grid that were um, most likely uh, and those indicators to be the teams that you probably would consider most uh, to look at being those teams that were in a position to make the move. And they are, in terms of those rankings, and I'm pulling it up on the sheet here, so I'm sorry that I'm trying to stand this out. Or if some people would call it, we call it the radio fees a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> <Filibusting>. <laughs> So those top teams were number one. Overall ranking in terms of their total scores was Tennessee State. Uh, the second top ranked team 
terms of all these aggregated classifications that ranked the highest overall average-wise, number two was Morgan State. The third team that had the highest score was Texas Southern. And let me stop here in terms of those three teams. In terms of their total average score, Tennessee State with the highest score came in with 7.0. So I did it from a decreasing to an increasing number. So they had the lowest score of aggregated data. So they were the most prepared of all the indicators I used that I just talked about that could potentially be the best fit to make the move. Texas Southern. No, Tennessee State. Oh, Tennessee. Number- oh, Tennessee State. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I can believe it. Yeah, because they've already they already doing their thing anyway. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I said they're already doing their thing anyway, so they they probably would be the most prepared. Great point. Number two was Morgan State, which surprised me and a lot a lot of other people that saw the study in terms of those presidents that asked me to do it. Uh, and then Texas Southern was third. At number four, another team that surprised people. Uh, was Norfolk State at 8.64. Mm-hmm. And remember, this study was done back in 2009 and 2010, a little different area than what we got now. But that 15 was North Carolina A&T that is actually looking at it based on what the president challenged his faculty and the athletic director. They were number five at 8.91. At number six, I'll give you the top 10. At number six was Howard, 9.18 was their score. And number seven was North Carolina Central. 9.27 was their score. And number eight, Florida A&M, 10.09. And surprising a lot of people, which I highlighted because they're not even FCS, was number nine was Bowie State Bulldogs, Mm. 10.55. It's amazing what they're doing this football season, uh, just to think about that. And number 10, you'll be proud of this, but you'll probably be like, what? Alabama State. Really? At what? 7.18. What? And number 12 from the standpoint that it's another team that is not currently at the FCS, but uh, because of their marking in terms of their academic classification, they fit in the model with Clark Atlanta University right there in your backyard. What? A2, yes. Because of the indicators now, that's the important thing to remember. The indicators, I'll say again, that we use – are not what people oftentimes think about, but these are things that other organizations do, our historical white colleges, when they look in moving up to the FES level, these are the indicators that consulting organizations use to talk about your ability to move up and your likelihood for success at the level. Obviously, this does not take into consideration do you have a board and a president at the time that has the management skills along with the AD or VP of athletics to get it done. Those are separate things. But the measures we use were student enrollment, Carnegie classification, that's an academic measure, athletic budget, longitudinal study in terms of how long have you done this success, football attendance, NCAAPR, which is a measure they use it at the Division One level in regards to your ability to make sure that your students progress, and are retained, population, which means your ability to get money to support it, your radio market, which is another measure of the density of your city area to support such a move, and finally, television market, which is enough way to measure your ability to get revenues for this move. 
your age of your market that you're in geographically, and EBI, your uh, income uh, in terms of your household buying income. Those that have the ability to support such a move, those are indicators that people don't necessarily think about because usually people think about winning and football attendance, but those are not necessarily your highest in indicators. I'm glad that you allowed me to share that and people had an interest, but those are the top 10 teams plus at number 12, Clark Atlanta University. Yeah, some teams that people didn't think about that are sitting outside of the top 10. Southern at number 14 has scored at that time a 12.36. Prairie View, a 13.18. Now, this is before they had the new stadium. So think about those kind of things of how things – can take over a period of time uh, back from 2009 to 2010. So if I get the time or another president is interesting uh, or a commissioner interested in me redoing the study, uh, I certainly uh, would listen to them in terms of them funding. They take the necessary to get the <laughs> plug out there. You know how we do Yeah, funding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Funding is the big key. Funding. <laughs> You're pretty smart, man. You're a pretty Thank smart you. black man. I can dig it. <laughs> so, so that's just not a that's not a biblical doctor. You're not you. You didn't just go down to, down the street to uh and get you one of those biblical uh uh degrees so you can be doctor, huh? That's a real degree right there. Yes, sir. That's a... <laughs> yeah, man. He is Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the dean of HBCU Sports. Doc, hey, tell everybody how they can uh, check you out during the week. Thank you. Uh, easiest way to get. With me is either on social media platforms. Uh, that is uh, at Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D R K E N Y A T T A C A V I L. That's Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can hear me weekly on our live uh, radio show. Local market is KCH 12:30 a.m. In terms of those in, uh, internationally and nationally, you can catch us on Facebook Live. Uh, that is Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. Uh, or you can go to THGAgency.com. Uh, Again, it's THGAgency.com on the website, and you can get the information where we save the recorded shows uh, for those that want to get it as a podcast. You can also catch that on um, SoundCloud uh, in regards to what we do there. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, so you you coming in town in a couple weeks, right? Celebration Bowl? You know I'll be there. I'll be in town um, trying to see if we might do some surprise things and do a radio show live. So we might slide in there early on Will Tuesday. It? But for sure we'll be in there Thursday. And I might even try to make it for the media uh, presentation of the uh, Thursday before the game. All right, no doubt about it. Well, you know, get at me when you get in town, brother. How late uh, when you get in hey, town? You'll be, you'll be the first for me to call. Yeah. I need, I'm going to eat another drop. Absolutely. It's fly. Everybody rolling on that. Dude. Oh, there it is. There it is. All right, Dr. Kenyatta Kavir, appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, and I uh, look forward to talking to you in a couple weeks. Thank you. I appreciate you giving me your time. All right, man. The HBCU experience lives here. The HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. We'll be right back. All right, everybody in the car. Let's go. What are we going to do first when we get there, Mom? Go for a hike? Sure. What about canoeing? Can we go canoeing, too? I don't see why. How long does it take to get to the forest? It's not that far, sweetie. <sighs> are we there yet? Yep, we're here. Already? It's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood. 
Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. From Clark Atlanta to Morehouse to Spelman. It's the HBCU Report with Bob Calloway. <laughs> oh, damn. Now about this. Yeah. Oh, damn. Oh, oh, oh. Y'all know what this is. Yeah. Jack on. Flame on. Callaway kicking off the fourth and final segment of the show. Shouts out to everybody checking in with me. Shouts out to Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the dean of HBCU Sports. If you're just tuning in and you missed our exclusive interview with Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, uh, don't forget you can go back and relive any moment of any episode of the HBCU Report via uh, the TuneIn Radio app, iHeartRadio, Google Play for Android, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, xsquadaffiliates.com or our official content partner sportsnewsandbrews.com but we're not here we're there there is sportsnewsandbrews.com oh yeah and and and, you know for those of you um that were listening to the breakdown that uh, dr cavill gave about um you know hbcus a few hbcus possibly leaving um, leaving the MEAC or the SWAC and going into the next four, not the power four, you know, the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten, not not those schools necessarily, but the next four. You know, um, it, very interesting, very interesting because a lot of schools, you know, have been flirting with possibly 
leaving the HBCU ranks to go to uh, a conference where they can actually make more money. Like, look at Hampton. Look at Tennessee State. They've already done it. And so, uh, you know, good stuff right there from Dr. Cavill, man. Uh, a couple other things before I get up out of here, man. You know, I have not mentioned this at all. I, I meant to mention it at the beginning of the show, but just so much emotion there regarding the uh, national HBCU National Championship. So uh, for those of you that uh, know me or follow me or have been um, uh, following my journey, my radio journey, you know that I'm a runner. I love to run. I don't think I've talked about my my running ventures uh, this football season. But at any rate, um, I have uh, registered for my very first marathon. Now, I've run plenty 5Ks, plenty 10Ks. I've run a um, half marathon, the uh, the public marathon, half marathon here in Atlanta. But I've never run a marathon. And so my uh, college roommate, Ken, shouts out to Ken. What's up, boy? Uh, down in Houston is an avid marathoner. And so he's been telling me for the longest, like, Rob, you got to run these marathons. Like, dude, you can do it. Like, man, you've run almost 10,000 miles in the last nine years why how, how come you've never done a marathon and so he promised me that when i uh, signed up for my first marathon that he would be a part of it and so uh he's registered i'm registered and so we're going to do this thing february 9th 2020 in new orleans it's the uh rock and roll new orleans marathon series and so i'll be there and so i've actually started my training now here's the thing i you know during the week i get up i get up to like 4 30 to go to the gym every every morning anyway, to go get on the treadmill, bust out some miles. And so I usually average about, I don't know, between 20 to 30 miles maybe a week. You know, I start on Sunday and go all the way through the week, you know, and I average about 30 miles a week. But with this marathon training, because I'm using the, um, I'm using the, uh, Nike Run Club app. Shouts out to Nike. I don't know how many of you all actually know about the Nike Run Club app, but it is 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 phenomenal. And so I've actually been using the Nike Run products. I don't know ten years. And so um, they have the actual coach on where you can go in and and set set what you're training for. And so you know I'm training for this marathon. So today when we get done in the next, you know what. Four minutes. I'm going to get out of here, man. Got to bust out 13 miles today. That's today's goal is 13. And it's unbelievable that I really don't have that many weeks to train. But, you know, when you when you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. So there's that part. All right. All right. A couple of things before we get up out of here. Um, have you heard about this story? Uh, Nas, the rapper Nas has teamed up with Hennessy and the Thurgood Marshall College Fund to uplift graduate students of color attending HBCUs. Uh, the Queensborn rapper is uh, narrating a video promoting Hennessy Fellows Program, a $10 million graduate scholarship initiative launched earlier this year to empower young African-American leaders through financial assistance, access, and real work experience. Well, here's the thing. Mm, not really sure how I feel about this. I got this from blackenterprise.com. Not really sure how I feel about this for, for several reasons. The, the first reason being, Nas ain't ever been an HBCU student. So why would you get Nas to speak on behalf, like to speak to the HBCU student? Nobody's even like, let's be honest. 
kids that are between the ages of 18 to 21, and I'll go graduate students, 24, 25. Nobody's checking for Nas. They might be checking for Hennessy, but nobody's really checking for Nas. Like, let's really think about it. Who should really be doing this? Maybe somebody like Two Chains, somebody that is a high, I mean, a college graduate, an HBCU graduate. Now, maybe Two Chains could do it, and I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, that fits. But to actually have Nas actually trying to push something on HBCU students, that's kind of weird. Is it not? Or maybe it's just me. It it definitely seems weird to me. Yeah. All right. But anyway, I mean, $10 million. Like, it's like a $10 million initiative. So I support that. You know, I support anything that has to do with funding of HBCUs or making sure that kids have enough money to go to school. So I'm with that. All right, the last story before we get up out of here, and I think a lot of folks might have thought this was going to be the first story of the day, but the God honest truth is so much has already been said that I really don't know what to say at this point. What are you talking about, Rob? Well, I'm talking about Colin Kaepernick. You know, he uh, was here in Georgia uh, last weekend for what was supposed to be an NFL workout down at Flowery Branch, all right? And so, you know, things happen, and, There was some disagreements and Colin didn't necessarily, you know, want to go along with what the NFL was doing, which, you know, again, it's his right. I'm not mad about that. I'm not mad at all about that. Um, You know, a lot of detractors out there were trying to say, oh, he did this or he didn't show up or whatever, whatever. At the end of the day, here are my my two cents on it. I do believe that the media should have been allowed access which the NFL was not going to do at Flowery Branch. I do believe that um, that there were going to be some, I don't know, when you talk about videotaping, I believe that Colin Kaepernick should have had his own people there taping because, of course, the NFL could send lackluster throws because I don't think every throw he made was, like, the most accurate. Not to say that he was out there throwing ducks, but I don't think that the you, know, you get what I'm saying. And so I believe that that it was good for his people to be able to record, and I believe it was fair for the media to be there. Just transparency. Transparency. What's wrong with transparency? That's what everybody in the world should want, transparency. You know, and then on the other side, it just goes to show, you know, what a dude like Stephen A. Smith, you know, what he's really all about. A guy that went to an HBCU and, you know, a guy that's supposed to be pro-black and then, you know, get out here and say anything for a dollar. So there's that part. And that's my two cents. I hope Colin gets a job. If he doesn't, guess what? Man, the man got a shot. He did it his way. And I think at the end of the day, we all should be, you know, as fortunate to be able to do it our way. Right? A lot of folks, you know, you, you get blackballed from a job, you're not going to get another shot. That's it. That's it. So anyway, before we get up out of here, man, got to go ahead and look at uh, this week's schedule. This week's schedule, really, really short. So we've got uh, Mississippi Valley State and Alabama A&M in action. We've talked about it earlier. Carson Newman and Bowie State in first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, Morgan State and Howard are in action today. North Carolina Central and a t in action. Remember, if North Carolina a t wins this game, they are headed back to Atlanta for the Celebration Bowl. If they lose and South Carolina State wins, State is headed to Atlanta. If both lose... North Carolina A&T is headed to Atlanta. South Carolina State and Norfolk State are in action today. Tennessee State is in action versus Tennessee Tech. Alcorn State and Jackson State are in action. St. Francis is on the road versus Delaware State. 
Uh, Miles College taking on Lenore Ryan in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Good luck uh, to Coach Reginald Ruffin and the the Golden Bears of Miles College. Then you've got Texas Southern looking to just get a win this season as they take on Arkansas Pine Bluff. Florida A&M taking on Bethune-Cookman in the Florida Classic as they get ready to try to claim (laughs) that HBCU National Championship. Go Rattlers, man. Whatever. Just whatever. But that about do it for this week's show. Uh, as I say each and every week, man, thank you guys for tuning in because without you, there would be no HBCU Report. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at HBCU Report. When we're not here, we're there. There is our content partner, SportsNewsAndBrews.com, your official source for black news, sports, political news, and the latest on your favorite craft beers. Make sure you check us out. And big shouts out to the X-Squad affiliates, man. Remember, you can relive any episode of the HBCU Report by logging on to xsquadaffiliates.com, the TuneIn Radio app, iHeartRadio, Google Play for Android, Stitcher, iTunes, or Spotify. All right? So that about do it for this week's show. Until next week, I don't know if we're going to do a show next week, but I'll keep you guys posted. If not, it'll be a best of with some great stuff, with some great, great stuff. All right? That about do it. Until next week, if there is a if there is a show next week. I don't know. I think I'm going to take a break. Can I take a break? Yeah, I think I'm going to take a break next. Yeah, I'm going to take a break next Saturday, and then we'll be back. How about that? So that'll do that. All right. This has been the HBCU Report. I am Rob Calloway. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. And if you're looking for me, I won't be on the yard. I'm going to be at somebody's table, stuffing my face. It's the HBCU Report with Rob Calloway. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.